I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Takshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello and welcome to another episode of All Things Policy by the Takshashila Institution. In today's episode, I have got with me Dr. Harshit Kukreja, who works on biology and policy at the institution. But before we get to our discussion subject for today's episode, I just wanted to remind our listeners that our 12-week GCPP program, the Graduate Certificate in Public Policy, the applications are now open. So head on over to the website and sign up for the course if you're interested in what we do. Uh, so with that, uh, let me introduce you all to Harshit. I'm sure you, all of you know him by now. He's done a fair few podcasts. So Harshit, what do you want to talk about today in the episode? Hey, Carl, Thanks for having me. So today, so we have been exploring different insights from biology, evolutionary biology, and a lot of related fields. So we came across a thing called kinship. So kinship is basically cooperation because of relatedness. And we have talked about kinship in an earlier edition, in an earlier podcast. In this podcast, we would, I would like to like discuss with you how financing in kinship works, family loans work. Hmm. Now that's interesting, Harshil. Look, I think it's a very important subject in that this is an issue that's faced mostly by smaller enterprises, right? I think we can gauge that those who are in the MSME sector, those who are financially excluded from the banking system, etc., etc., would face this problem in probably in a severe way. So can you tell us how does kin-based borrowing usually work, right? And if you could elaborate on the frameworks that you've used here. Yeah, so first of all, I don't think a lot of people who get kin-based loans or kin-based financing, they would term it as a problem. So kin-based financing is basically... Instead of getting loans or getting financing or getting money or resources from a formal banking sector or somebody other, you get from your kins, your family. So basically it works. It's a very old system that has pre-existed formal banking systems. It has pre-existed all those systems where there's a person who gives you out money and you have to return it back. Kin-based financing is basically you get money from your family or extended family. And it plays a huge role in a lot of situations and in a lot of people. Two like very interesting examples that we came upon was micro, small and medium enterprises, smaller enterprises, and financially excluded, basically the poor people who don't have access to capital. So the MSME sector, like as you pointed out, almost contributes 8% to the country's GDP. And from that, around 45% is manufacturing production, another 40% of exports. So you've looked at the data and you've sort of come to that conclusion that majority of the financing comes from informal sources, right? Which is basically your kin-based lending, right? And so it's yeah, a big at least in the, yeah, yeah, at least in the initial like bootstrapping part and for a lot of smaller companies. Mm. So the, yeah, I think uh, yeah, certainly there's, yeah, there's, I'm sure there's greater trust level in, you know, this form of lending. And yeah, you sort of don't get access to other formal means. So maybe we can talk a little bit about what are the pros and cons of this. So actually in both cases, you sort of bring out insights that there are 
particular reasons why kin based lending happens so could you maybe elaborate on that yeah so these are the two examples which we found to be like very interesting if you look at msmes the small and medium enterprises you will see that there are basically three four major reasons because of which they don't have access to formal capital first reason is this is in no particular order first reason is they are high risk investment so there's a new business they have just entered the market or there's a small business which has a small footprint so it's a high risk investment and especially in the initial phase it's like very high risk so a lot of banks and everybody they don't want to like lend to such investments even if they want to lend they lend at like unfavorable terms they want a large interest and they have certain conditions that the the company or the organization has to meet and the second thing is a lot of these smaller enterprises or a lot of these bootstrapping companies they don't have the ability to back the loan with collateral so they don't have collateral it's high risk so they don't have access to the formal banking system mm. they don't have easy access to loans from formal institutions and if you look at the financially excluded for instance the poor mm. they also have the inability to furnish collateral this is for basically or distress loans for example for health for loans to maybe grow your crops or anybody any loans like this this includes everything so they have that inability to furnish collateral they have low financial awareness they have lack of access to formal banking institutions maybe the bank is like maybe 20 kilometers 30 kilometers from where they live they don't have the proper documents they don't have they don't know how it works so they are not able to access the capital and also in a lot of times they don't have access to distress funding it's called distress funding for instance if there's a sudden illness in the family or maybe they get kicked out of the job whatever they are doing sure then you need some capital to like stay afloat so you need some capital to cover the expenses you need some capital to maybe pay for your bills you need certain capital to pay for healthcare so that all because of that the financially excluded section of our society is also very sort of like relying on kin based networks and kin based lending hmm. and also a lot of our rural societies are very sort of intermingled and tightly knit into communities which they were born for generations that is why india is sort of thousand of smaller countries sound of smaller different countries in one large country so it's like thousand of heterogeneous communities sure in fact mm. in one nation yeah i think and also we observed how when covid struck one of the first things the government uh, and which we'll get to in terms of the role of the state and the government and sort of mitigating some of these you know you could call it as sort of an an order of things in that you need some kind of financial backing you need collaterals to sort of future proof some of the loans that you have given to these msmes but i think what covid really brought out was their inability to have working capital right and that's really something that's important to the functioning of any msme right? you just need working capital you need a positive cash flow to be able to run a smooth business and in the event of covid when people had to as you said use their distress funds for health emergencies various other things you don't really have capital to sort of keep your business afloat and and that's when the government sort of chipped in and uh, a crores of money that was specifically dedicated for msme loans 
and with fairly relaxed sort of you know loan repayment options and i think that's again partly to do with how india is by and large a financially you know sort of weak country per capita incomes are fairly low so what people are going to put into their business is something that is like you know from a livelihood standpoint everything that is you know everything to do with how they want to like carry on their lives you know of their kin etc so it's actually interesting to just maybe delve deeper into some of the pros and cons of this like you know there are certainly advantages uh, as you pointed out low interest rate is certainly one of them or maybe zero interest rates but yeah should you just want to take us through some of the advantages of in base financing yeah yeah so if you look at it sort of from a the viewpoint of a person who is not able to access capital so it's is very advantages because you are getting access to a capital mm. which is easy easier okay which yeah. you wouldn't have gotten through formal banking channels you have you get better conditions and better rates there is no formal structure so if you tell your kin that i'll return it in a year and you do it in like one and a half maybe your relations will spoil a little mm. but that matlab you won't get the bank so unlike the bank they won't like come after you so you and do some certain things and there are better repayment so there are like certain advantages but i think there are a lot of disadvantages to the kin based lending and financing system which a lot of people don't realize sure so harsh why don't we take a you know quick break and once we are back we can briefly go through the disadvantages yeah yeah Hi, and we're back after that short break. So Harshit was elaborating on the advantages or the pros of kin-based lending. Harshit, what about some of the disadvantages, right? Because as we had pointed out early on in the podcast, that this is a fairly you know poor country, per capita incomes are low. So this is bound to have repercussions to you know their financial wellness. You know overall, we spoke about health being a very crucially expensive affair. You know these days. So, what do you think are some of the disadvantages of kin-based lending? Yeah, the first disadvantage what comes to your mind is not that big a disadvantage, but it is a disadvantage. Disadvantage. So, the first advantage which you think it is not that big a disadvantage, but if it is a disadvantage because there are personal sort of possible negative effect on ties and relationship. So, the familial structure it weakens because. these are like risky loans you may or may not be able to get them back and because they are riskier so they are like high chances you won't be able to get them back and there's a lack of formal structure and clarity in terms so because of a poor understanding of risk plus there's no formal structure so you won't know what you get and what is the clarity and what are the terms and things like that so it becomes like it puts a strain on family relationship for instance if i ask one of my uncles for money for maybe a company i want to start maybe a startup i want to start i ask for maybe like 10 to 20 lakhs and then the company doesn't like go off the ground and i'm not able to return the money back to him and our relationships are spoiled and i don't for some reason i don't have access to formal banking institutions and i get into an health emergency then he won't come to help me and he won't give me money so my relationship is spoiled because of this financing thing and i'm not able to get money when i i think maybe needed it more than when i need, needed money for the company so i think that is a big 
disadvantages carl what do you think are sort of the big disadvantages to kin based financing family loans and things like that yeah no i completely agree with you that the strains this can have on you know sort of personal relationship that's a big one right and probably the most common i would say in such instances but i can think of scenarios where you know you may have your kin might be from a wealthy background but you know you yourself are from a poor background so there is certainly an unequal access you know of you know financial levels there and i think you know the capital that you sort of put to use in your business it can sometimes even have suboptimal uh, sort of use and outcomes right it in fact since there's no clear checks and balances so to give you an instance right so when you apply for a bank loan the bank necessarily takes a look at your balance sheet or takes a look at your sort of cash flows and how how whether you file taxes for instance all of this is used to kind of you know finance your business right whereas in in the case of kin based lending there's really no metrics you know sort of measure how this capital is done like, you know whether this is brought returns for the business and you know how is the capital flow moving etc so the suboptimal use of capital due to the lack of checks and balances is certainly a problem and which does have consequences as you pointed out earlier from you know the negative effects it has on you know kin ties so yeah that's something which i can instinctively think of being a disadvantage so yeah, i mean I, I, spoke, yeah i think no in fact i wanted to sort of ask you a little bit more on you know the lack of the formal structure here and the clarity in terms so in an earlier episode i remember like you know that we spoke on how trust based factors you know trust based kinship sometimes yeah. works like you know in in favor of people so do you think when there is an increased level of trust right and and there is an increased level of trust in personal relationships why do you still think you have cases where you know and when we look at kin based lending there is less of clarity so when you think of increased trust you might imagine you know conversations which are more you know sort of more which has more clarity you may know exactly what you want you are going in the opposite direction because there is a lot of trust that is why when people don't want to like formalize all of this in family or in kins you don't want to like sit down and write terms you should that is a good thing to do but not a lot of people i don't majority of people are not very comfortable like sitting down and writing funds and for instance if i give like some money to my cousin or something i wouldn't be like sitting down and writing terms he'll say so i'll maybe i'll if i'll give him maybe like 5 or 10 lakhs he'll say i'll give it back to in a year i would be like yeah, yeah it's okay whenever you can mm-hmm. and if he doesn't give it back in one year maybe i'll ask him in like a month or two after that and if he doesn't he doesn't you don't because they are your family they are your kin you don't have that formal structure whereas in a bank you have that formal structure which says that there's a clarity in terms where which says that for instance by 31st december you will get your 50% loan back if not there's a penalty that you have to pay so there's a lack of clarity do you think that close kins they sit together and work on terms i don't think that i have not seen any evidence anecdotal or otherwise so which is that like family member or kins whenever they lend money for anything they say that oh so this is the last date give it back to me within a year or not this the interest rate this is no again i'm just i just wanted to bring this topic up because intuitively i think you can also have maybe cases where 
given the increased level of trust right you may not want to for lack of a better word disappoint that person right so you yeah. may in fact want to sort of maintain that level of relationship so yeah i think but that's again sort of a peripheral point but i just thought it's interesting like you know trust can sometimes lead to is something i mean cooperation is not the right word i'm looking for here but trust can sometimes lead to more conformity right so you might want to do it you might want to repay because you want to maintain that level of relationship with that person oh like so, yeah, that yeah so no imagine a situation uh, if you have taken a loan from a bank mm. 5 lakh rupees and you have taken a similar loan from your kin who do you think you are more likely to return if the money if you get your 5 lakh yeah i mean certainly there is a formal structure to let's say a bank loan so you are certainly more inclined to sort of respect the payment terms as opposed to that of a kin but i'm talking about a scenario harshit where there is no, absolutely no access to bank loans right so you're looking at scenarios where there is trust based lending and there is no formal access to banks so in such scenarios see unless you want to be ostracized right from a community yeah. or yeah that is the, uh, the right so that's the yeah that's the high risk that you know the borrower plays with So yeah, I just thought like yeah, trust can in fact have the opposite effects. Like in some cases, right? Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe <laughs> this needs further sort of you know research to sort of you know buttress the argument. But again, just something that I could instinctively think of. Yeah, so there's a thing called reciprocity in this biological reasoning and everything. So for instance, it's you and me. We are a dyad, and we do interactions. Mm. So the example you gave in which. the village only has kin based lending so that means the interaction which i have with you will also create a memory so the yeah. next time I'll, i ask you for money you'll remember oh the last time he did not return my money yeah, the exactly. last time yeah. he returned it yeah so in those cases you are much more likely to like give back your money hmm. but what i'm saying is there's a lack of clarity there's a lack of structure so oh. because of that there's a lot of contention and there's a lot of sort of like friction this mm. is not a clear terms and conditions written yeah and also if the suboptimum use of capital part for instance the bank has 100 rupees and though two companies come to the bank for money so bank will to a certain extent try to scrutinize and see which company is more likely to be more successful more successful means that much more likely to return back its money sure. and they'll give it to the company which is like more stable or more successful hmm. because so that is the optimum use of those 100 rupees instead of the company b's uncle having 100 rupees and deciding to give it to the company in which his nephew is the owner hmm. so there is no optimum use of capital yeah a lot of i think so capital generation is stopped because of the skin based you know what's interesting here like i think in one of the earlier episode we spoke about nepotism right uh, yeah, yeah especially in in the private sector Uh, you could in fact have a scenario where you have a person who's who's sitting in a bank who has authority to sanction loans sanctions a loan to let's say a kin you know over somebody who is uh, maybe the business is doing a lot better so yeah i think i mean i just felt it was that is so there's a us versus them phenomena yeah. so you are that's really what yeah i think that's really what your you know your research is revolved around right Yeah, we we want to like break these true yeah, uh, yeah. sort of bonds and make true. the society more equitable and more progressive and more sort of we want everybody to like go forward 
and make it into a better society like the eventual end game is that we don't want smaller groups we want us to like progress as a nation like hand by hand like hmm. together okay so right so you you talked i mean we've talked about how you know for, for those who are financially excluded it sometimes not even a choice right i mean that this is the only access that they've got which is kin based lending but what can the state do like is are interventions necessary here since you pointed out that it's important to you know sort of rise above this tribalism and rise above some of these bonds especially when it you know affects economic capital economic returns so yeah what is it that the government can do to sort of ameliorate some of these disadvantages and i think the biggest disadvantage being you know the suboptimal use of capital right so that's that's really something which is a big issue for these msmes so what do you think that the state can do particularly okay yeah so so i think we'll revolve around the two examples we were talking about sure. so if you look at msmes i think the first step the state can do is help sort of like formalize the kin based loan not put them directly because you cannot disallow people to give their own money to the kins you can help them create a regulatory framework which allows for sort of like registration of kin based loans mm. so now the friction which was created because of these loans there was a lack of clarity and everything so slowly slowly you are making these informal loans a little more formal so mm. this way the government also gets the data you have some kind of you can go to the courts mm. because you have registered your kin based loans and you also have some kind of maybe you get compensation maybe you can if the company declares bankruptcy you'll get something hmm. so it is more much more likely to reduce friction and things like that sure. so i think the first step should be like creating a regulatory framework which allows for registration hmm. and uh, so msme the ministry for msmes yeah. they offer collateral fee loans hmm. but they are not sufficient and uh, the government should be looking at reducing the requirement of collateral for a lot of other categories of loans and exploring alternative ways of risk management maybe some yeah. kind of i don't know maybe some kind of yeah if it could be if it could be cash flows no like if you have positive yeah. cash flow your working capital does not you know sort of go below the level of your borrowing capacity for instance right so because that's literally what makes the business tick right like you yeah. need working capital yeah, like, yeah like different ways you can do it Sure. because if you yeah, take the collateral the collateral based is again yeah it's it's something which is unimaginable for a lot of these msmes yeah and it's also like it's the it was the traditional way to go low risk sure. and you can like always take the collateral but if you want economic growth in this country and especially when a lot of people don't have jobs you should be allowing people to get collateral fee loans hmm. and sort of allow them to like grow their businesses and maybe take take a risk i don't think you can be very successful in your business if you don't take a little risk mm. and a lot of people there's a lot of research which shows that for msmes there's a there's a large reduction there's a large delay in disbursement of funds mm. so because i think because they don't have the proper documents and things like that they are not able to like get loans very fast and from the formal sort of like structures and everything mm. the fourth point would be that the financial institutions the formal financial institutions should be sensitized of requirements of different type of businesses for instance you should know that an early startup has this kind of like what do you call that 
balance sheet and this is their requirement this is a legitimate request we can approve this they would not be able to give capital but we can look at this look at this see how high risk they are and things like that so you should like people who are dispersing the loans the people sitting in banks the sort of the bank the people who make policies at banks or any formal institutions should know that the difference between an early startup or a well established business and model the requirements of the loans according to that mm. so i think this is some of the initial step the government can take for msmes mm. and for financially excluded poor so there are a lot of like interesting organizations popping up for the financially excluded poor there are organizations like rangde which offered sort of like micro loans they used to crowdsource the money and offer them as micro loans to like people who needed money for health expenses people who needed people who needed money for what do you call that like if i'm a carpenter i need money for my tools i need maybe 5000 10000 rupees and i say that i'll return it in one year so they made those people come on board so instead of me asking money from my some cousin Mm. and that cousin may be giving it to me or maybe not giving it to me this is a sort of organizations like this organizations which help poor get collateral free loans should be allowed to like prosper there should be like regulations which allow this to happen matlab they should not be more like stoppages on their way and there is a very interesting paper i read there was a certain sort of like government scheme and there was a certain organization which was giving out loans microfinancing for mm. females and for that loan you had to get a close male kin to become your guarantor oh. so these are main uh, loans which are which are meant for women and to to get a guarantor which was a close male kin to become a guarantor in your application mm. so there are a lot of irrational requirements i don't think this was a formal requirement but i think a lot of the people who executed the program they did it the people who are like sitting in offices they did it because they wanted to reduce their risk and maybe they didn't want to show poor numbers or whatever maybe they got pressure to like don't show a lot like a lot of loans which are not paid back i don't know but this has been seen so increase the access of collateral free loans to the financially excluded poor improve financial literacy let them know that there are formal sections there are like formal organizations yeah. which allow you to have loans at much better rates than maybe you get from informal sources and even from your kins so and you have certain kind of guarantees and you get certain advantages and you have free access to capital and yeah and i think these are like certain important points which i think the gov- if the government will do we'll be able to like emulate a lot of disadvantages that kin based funding has and maybe make our economy and society use their capital better hmm. yeah and also since you pointed out about crowd sourcing you know funds for startups or msmes i think that's really where the market can play a role right so making it possible to innovate in the space and rangde is a classic example of this i think is crucial so moving beyond the government how can the private sector how can let's say civil society actors organizations how can they innovate in this space you know to make financial access easier so yeah with that harshit do you think that's a good time to sort of wrap up uh, this episode yeah it was a very interesting conversation it also took a lot of detours it was a fun conversation and i hope the listeners find it at least they find it somewhat useful and yeah yeah 
please feel like free to contact us you can always go to the website and contact us go to our twitter and contact us and we will love to hear how you find these new insights yeah and do feel free to you know lend your thoughts no pun intended yeah <laughs> and this would be a non kin based lending akala i think we should like okay i think this is about the right time to stop because we <laughs> i think this is a diversion and not a detour but thanks thanks everyone for listening arshit thank you for sort of sharing your thoughts you can as i've often recommended to the listeners do check out his newsletter called biology and society it's one of the best newsletters that you can read on the subject so you can subscribe to it but yeah we'll be back with more episodes and yeah we'll catch up later thanks thanks for listening thanks carl thanks everybody for chiming in if you liked our show don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the ivm network you can tune into them on the ivm podcast app ivmpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts you can also follow ivm on social media the handle is at ivm podcasts on twitter facebook and instagram and hey if you'd like to dive into takshashila's research on technology strategy and economic affairs check us out at our twitter handle at takshashila inst or our website takshashila.org.in